This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. It is again me, Kyle, with Jesse. Hello. Minus Jimmy, yet again. Unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. I would love to hear his perspective on today's topic. Oh, we'll have to get it when he comes back. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll do like the rapid-fire impossibility quiz of Jimmy Donahue. It'll be great. I like it. So uh, what are we talking about today? Just a brief summary. Well, it just so happens we're talking about dinosaurs and how we know anything that we know about them. And uh, there's some news this week. Uh, To that end, uh, first dinosaur tail found preserved in amber. Uh, what's what is amber for anybody who may never have seen Jurassic Park? Right, amber is uh, it's basically tree sap that is fossilized, fossilized tree sap. So yeah, it's, I'll give you give you that. It's yeah. rock. It's become rock. Somewhat translucent, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah, that's the point. You can see what's inside of it. So there's an article we'll post also, I'm sure, but it's uh, that's actually the name of the article is first dinosaur tail found preserved in amber this is the national geographic article published on december 8th yes. you weren't kidding that was three days before uh we're recording this very recent uh, that is very recent for such an old topic that's that is very pertinent news i will give you that yeah it came up a couple of times this week i saw it on facebook somebody tagged us our podcast ah that's even better yeah and uh that's somebody who's really listening because we teased dinosaurs at the end of the last show. Yes, and we've been recording them rather, I don't know, on top of when they're going to air. Mm-hmm. Which I'm fine with. I kind of like this. This is working for me. I don't know. Hey, I I dig it. And if, if the listener listeners, our other listener uh, messaged us the last week mm-hmm. uh, to apprise us of her existence... Yes. Uh, if our listeners don't mind it, then we'll just keep doing it this uh, this recent. I think this is cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a little more on top of it, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, hi, how are you? How's your week been? A uh, long week. Long couple oh. of weeks. But, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to work tomorrow and getting this weekend over with. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did you have like a, a particularly long list of honeydews or something this weekend? I just had one, and it was a long one. It so was a long one. It was a long list. It was a long job, 12 hours, 12 and a half hours. Wow. I was making a couple of shelves in the garage, but they are installed on the wall. They're not They're not this cheesy move-em-around thing, so they're going to be there a while. You know, come to think of it, I did a really, really poor, like, poor man's version of that in the garage at my last place, and I think oh. it also took 12 and a half hours. It was yeah. installed just like uh, just like yours though, and it's uh, but it was just like really roughly cut plywood on shelf brackets. It was uh, it was not we, we you know we never planned on staying there forever, so it was not anything I'd be proud of. And anybody who knows knows my work knows uh, I am nothing. Carpenter is about the last word you'd use to describe <laughs> my work skill. So uh, it, it's shocking more than anything that those shelves. <laughs> were there when we moved out and sold the place but yeah. uh, I also didn't cut off any fingers so that's good too that's all that matters is you can put stuff on them and they didn't fall yeah well great. 
nonetheless, uh, a nice restful work week will be heading our way, I'm sure. I hope so. I, I hope so as well. Still a lot to do, but, you know. Yeah, it's a little more, a little more predictable. There's no carpentry for me at work. <laughs> now that you've said that, you've completely screwed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Nothing but carpentry. <laughs> anyway, so, dinosaurs, back to that. Yes. So this partly came up because my daughter, Penny, loves dinosaurs. Mostly because Excellent. of Dinosaur Train. Oh, yes, we did discuss that, the teaser. Yeah. I'm not going to go into Dinosaur Train too much, but it's fun. Uh, tonight, she we were eating dinner, and she goes, Dad. Uh, I asked her why. Oh, yeah, she wanted more fries. We went to In-N-Out. Ah, yes. Uh, she wanted more fries before she finished all of her meat. And I said, uh... You have to finish your meat before you eat more fries. Or maybe her, her mom said, maybe Becky said that. I don't remember who said it. Well, anyway, somebody said, you need to eat, finish your hamburger patty before you have more fries. And she goes, I'm not a hyper carnivore. <laughs> I don't like meat. <laughs> <laughs> now, where did she learn such a word? <laughs> I had to been on Dinosaur Train, although I, I don't watch that closely. But, you know. Do you, you know, let, let me, quick deviation from the topic and kind of, on, kind of on point of what you just said. Okay. Mini poll here. Do you watch in detail any episodes of anything your kids watch on TV? Not every episode. but Not I, every episode, but any, have you like sat down and watched any episode full all the way through and actually paid attention to it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have of everything that she watches. That's good. My, <laughs> you don't? No, I do. I watch almost every episode of everything Lincoln watches at least yeah. once because he watches everything. That's my oldest. Right. Uh, he watches things multiple, multiple, multiple times. So yeah, of course. occasionally I will get roped in. Like, I don't know what happens in my brain that just makes me go, oh, this looks interesting. And then I end up watching like five episodes of Paw Patrol with him. Mm-hmm. And that that's just... I need those brain cells for other things. But my wife will come in and, uh, and you know, she'll start something for me. I'll be like, please not this one. Like, this one's just horrible. The plot line is pointless. It's just making our kid dumber. And she'll be like, I wouldn't know. I never watch these. Why do you watch them? Or I'll, like, start singing the songs, like, not from Paw Patrol, but something else. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even think of a good example. And so I get judged quite a bit from my wife from listening from watching and listening to my son's TV shows. No, you shouldn't. You I shouldn't. I mean so yeah, it's not we're not letting him watch anything like, you know, weird or controversial. It's just, you know, like it's I I do like to know what he's watching somewhat. Mm-hmm. Cuz like I, he does occasionally pick like stuff that's way under his age like capability and that's like what a bummer. If you're going to get some screen time in, I'm like let's make it worth yeah. worth your while. Yeah. You know, like Dinosaur Train. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Dinosaur Train is great. It's got actual science in it. It's cool. He likes a lot of those PBS kids shows, so that's that's good. That bodes yeah. well for me. Yeah. Okay, so Penny's not a hyper... Um, wait, hyper carnivore. Hyper right. omnivore? What did she say? Hyper carnivore, right? Carnivore, okay. Yeah. That would be like the uh, the the bigger theropods... Like the T-Rex and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, one, uh, the ones we typically know to be real. large and eat meat. 
a lot of meat, I think, a would be the implication. Hyper, <laughs> yes, hyper carnivore. Yeah. Okay, so what exactly are we talking about <clears throat> in regards to dinosaurs? Because as we had said in the teaser, we tell, we've talked about Jurassic Park and its impossibility before, and mm-hmm. I have no doubt we will have that. To, that topic will come up again um, if we plan it right, probably right around the time Jurassic World 2 comes out, if it ever does. Uh, but I, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, excuse me, yawning. Uh, let's start with feathers. Oh, feathers. Yeah. That's a, you know when I think dinosaurs, the first thing I think of is feathers. We haven't read this article then. Have, uh, no, is no, this no, article no. the dinosaur tail? You haven't read this. No, no, no. I've read nothing. Ah. So not, the not interesting thing. To the topic du jour. I've read nothing. I've read a reason, lot about dinosaurs. Just okay. not about this. That's fair. The reason why this dinosaur tail found preserved in amber is is uh, remarkable is that it is covered with feathers. Not all too surprising. There, uh, there's quite a there are quite a bit of uh, research that reinforced that dinosaurs did have feathers. Right. Some, and in some periods, a lot of them did, if not all. So, so feathers are a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I mean, you had said in the in the notes. Obviously, we knew that to some degree, right? So this isn't. It's not. Yeah, it's not completely new news that dinosaurs had feathers. But typically, we're like when we think about like finding dinosaurs, like in our time, we find just bones, right? So how would they know that they had feathers? Uh, I yes. mean, short, short of the discovery, the recent discovery, how would we have known that? That's good. There's a couple of ways that I was able to uncover that we would know ah. they had feathers, and one is. Uh, there's fossil imprints, okay. so the, there's bones. So the the fossils that we find aren't the actual bone, which I never really thought about, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We find so the bone the bone does eventually decompose, but but harder minerals got into where they they infiltrated the bones when they as they started decomposing. Right. The harder minerals got into their like calcium and stuff and. And actually, uh, made a harder, a harder version of of the bone, and so that that is um, set into the rock as the rock forms around the bone, the decaying bone. It's it's a harder rock. So there's rock, and there's the harder version of the bone, the cast of the bones. So okay. we don't even have really the bone, the actual bones, which would be nice if we did. In most cases, I think there probably are some some legit bones out there, but most of them are just the impressions of bones. Okay. But it does give us an, an accurate uh, look at what shape the bones were and stuff. And so the other, so there are fossil imprints of feathers on a couple in a couple cases. Okay. And so that would be one way we know about feathers. And the other one is, uh, this was on on a Velociraptor. Ooh. But there was uh, the quill barb marks, which is the place that the feather would attach to the bone. Right. By a, a ligament. And th- this is the this is like part of the foundation for the reinforcement of the belief that dinosaurs evolved from birds, right? Uh, uh, that birds evolved from dinosaurs. Birds evolved from dinosaurs. Well, yes, that the two are related somewhere in the evolutionary chain. Right. Yes. Okay. So the first, 
there's something else interesting. I, I was watching some YouTubes today, and they uh, there was one guy who who figured out that so arche- there's an Archaeopteryx, which is the first supposedly the first bird, yeah, that lived in dinosaur times, and uh, he said he goes, we know he actually has the Archaeopteryx had brown no no not brown black and white or black and gray feathers. Black and gray feathers. How do we know that? <laughs> I thought, yeah. How do we, how do you know that? But he went on to explain how, and I, I was very appreciative of that. That there's a somehow they were able to have they were they, they had some version of the feather or an imprint of the feather, and so they could they could look at and isolate kind of the microscopic structure and they were able to see the shape of the protein that would have uh, done the pigment and they compared it to modern bird feathers and that pigment color was black and gray huh so that was pretty cool yeah that's fascinating so there's a lot of I guess that kind of stuff that kind of research going on which is neat and uh, yeah crazy yeah Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I have this crazy cough all the weekend, probably contributing to my tiredness. <laughs> I will, yeah, I think it's going around. So keep fighting it as long as you can. No, I've succumbed completely. No, do not do it. No, no, no. Don't give in. Never <laughs> give up. Okay, so... In regards to, like, how much or how old certain fossils are like how, how do we determine the age of a fossil like I mean there there are I, I'm sure circles that you run in because circles and I run in love to argue about this kind of thing but mm-hmm. like there's a, a pretty large population in the US that believes the earth is only 6,000 years old 6,600 years old maybe not no more than 10,000 years old while a much larger group of the population <laughs> believes it to be older uh, for a myriad of reasons uh, n- not the least of which is uh, where we find dinosaurs buried and what layers of sand and such, but uh, like exactly how do they determine that? Like other than just like guessing or educated guessing, let's give it some more credit than that. Like how, how do we know like what period dinosaurs are from? Uh, and you know, how, how, like how do we group those categories together? Yeah. So I think this is kind of important. Do we want to, do we want to tangent on this a little bit and to explain why, what you know, some of the young Earth theories and why, why they even exist. Um, Is that yeah, sure. I think. Or, uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, I think it's repetitive for me, um, but I, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll help validate this conversation. So right. let's let's hear it. That's good. So, <clears throat> yes, the reason if if you did not grow up in the in, in any kind of religious or conservative circles the reason that a lot of christians and other uh religious groups don't believe in that the earth is more than you know a couple tens of thousands of years old is that if you add up the genealogies in the first couple chapters of genesis in the bible they don't you know it only comes out to 10 or 12,000 years, I forget. So, I'm getting really dry throat. 
Well, and in, in addition to the gene, genealogical addition, there's uh, I, in the in the Bible there's a story about Noah and and an ark and the earth being flooded, which would have wiped out most populations of animals. Um, and a lot of the a lot of living organisms, or the oldest living living organisms we can find, kind of time time out with that flood. And even though, like you know, it's a pretty predominant Christian story, there are other cultures that aren't Christian, like um, some indigenous inhabitants of like Africa and Asia that have stories that match up with a, a huge global flood as well, uh, and kind of dates everything around the same time. So a lot of a lot of Christians kind of time the flood back forty three hundred years, and then <clears throat> using the geneal genealogy. Um, timeline from the flood back, from Noah back to the, the beginning of the Bible, they get like Jesse said, a cup like no more than 10,000 10, years. <clears throat> yeah. So that's kind of the, that's like the, the those are the, the two main points of reinforcement to the, I guess, the young earth theory. Right. So if not, you're going to... Not to say that every Christian ascribes to that right. also. It's, I know it's mainly that believe the earth is millions of years old. It's mainly those those groups that believe that want to take a, an absolutely literal view of every word in the scriptures. Right. So if you don't, then then an earth that's millions and billions of years old is no big deal. And uh, I found a really great article, very, very scientifically and thoughtfully written by Dr. Roger C. Wines. Okay. Uh, it's called Radiometric Dating a Christian Perspective. Interesting. And uh, he talks about the, he just goes in detail of the various dating processes. And it's, it's really, really great. But it's kind of long. Um, <coughs> sorry about my, my cough. But so. Uh, so there's the radioactive the, the the basic is it. we've heard a lot of uh, probably you and I have Kyle more than many others but we've heard criticisms of carbon-14 dating and it right. just get, it just gets blasted for how inaccurate it is so the basics of it is you take the the, the compound carbon-14 and you see how much of it there is in in a sample, right, and it decays at a consistent rate is the theory, right. So you just uh, you measure how much is left, and then you you calculate back to the age that you can estimate that it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Carbon fourteen decays into carbon twelve. Okay. And so you can you measure the ratio between the two. Got it. And a lot of radioactive isotopes uh, behave similarly. He's got a little table in here. He does. I was just reading that. It looks like the uh, carbon-14 inevitably will become nitrogen-14 mm. after half-life. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a little different than what I had seen elsewhere, but I'm sure this is right. So carbon... And you can see the the years he's got here. And the right. Third, yeah. So he lists column. the the half life years of the isotope, mm -hmm. um, and he's got carbon fourteen at 
five, like a little over fifty five hundred, like fifty seven fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So that's the once all the carbon fourteen turns to nitrogen fourteen. In theory, it's been five thousand seven hundred fifteen years. Right, which is the limitation of carbon dating. So anything beyond anything that's older than that will not have any carbon fourteen at all. So that that's worthless. Right. For anything dinosaur related. So what do they? So what, what do they use then? So uranium takes longer. You know, almost everything on this chart takes, yeah, it longer. takes longer. No kidding. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's quite quite the list of elements here. Like we'll post the entire paper because mm-hmm. it is a paper. Um, it's actually it's a paper that's been updated as well. So the first edition of it's 1994. It was revised in 2002. Um, yeah. But the, the principles the, still apply. Yeah, completely. the the table The table's about I don't know, halfway down, mm-hmm. quarter of the way down, something like that. He's got or page page back. markers in here. Ah, uh, yes. But there's a nice table of contents with links at the top, so you can just jump to the section that you want. So it's I mean it's it's all this is listing is the half life of each of these radioactive materials, um, but there's enough in this list that if they're measuring any of them, they can go back. It looks like. 106 billion years yeah potentially yeah 106 billion years and that's with samarium 147 and neodymium 143 so he says he points out at the end that uh, I just forgot completely where I was going I got distracted by (laughs) other stuff that I was seeing scrolling by Yeah, I completely forgot. Oh, I know it has to do something with forty. There are there are over forty different radio, radiometric dating methods and scores of other methods. This is what he says at the end, near the end. So you can't just <clears throat> basically don't just take one, which is what Christian Science is doing. They're just pounding and pounding on on carbon fourteen dating, and we right. can see by this article that there's there are many more compounds that can be measured in the same way. Right. And so what he's what he points out here is is and I'll just read it. It's the second bullet point down on page uh, 19. All the different dating methods agree. They agree a great majority of time over millions of years of time. Some Christians make it sound like there is a lot of disagreement, but this is not the case. The disagreement in values needed to support the position of young Earth proponents would require differences in age measured by orders of magnitude, e.g. factors of 10,000 or 100,000 or a million or more. The differences actually found in the scientific literature are close to the margin of error, usually a few percent, not orders of magnitude. So what he's saying is these: if you measure multiple different uh, different ways of, of calculating age that come out to right. be pretty close within 10,000 or 100,000 or even a million but not you know not as drastic as you would expect for how long ago it was right you think about a million years and now we're talking about the dinosaurs lived you know up to 230 million years ago uh-huh. if you're off by a million like eh. Okay, so it's two two twenty nine. Yeah. 
Right, like this, uh, like this, this tail that was found in in amber. They're saying yeah. it's ninety nine million years old. Oh, that's... I'm like, no, why not just say a hundred? Yeah, just round up. You could yeah. give, give or take a million. It's ninety nine. Give, give or take a million. Okay. What's a million among friends? <laughs> or dead dinosaurs. Or dead dinosaurs. Interesting thing is, there's pictures of this and uh, of the amber. Yeah. In the article, the kind of tangent. But uh, there's an ant in there. Like an ant next to it? Uh huh. <laughs> it looks just like a normal ant. Well, I mean, like, who's to say they weren't alive then? Oh, they were, obviously. Now we know. Oh, yeah, look at that. That does look like a normal ant. I will give you that. It's mm-hmm. a fascinating article. Yeah. With a lot of clever puns. Oh, I didn't read. I didn't read that one. That's all in the titles. Like <laughs> one of the sub subheadings is a telling tale. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's a funny. dad wrote this. That's a dad joke. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting article, but the like. That's a good find, though. Really good find. Oh, completely. Well, and that, that's what that's what I love about the the scientific the scientific uh, method that we live in now or the use of the scientific method that we live in now, it like kind of works in both directions. Not only are people tr- attempting to find progress, but uh, people are still studying the past quite quite a bit mm-hmm. and making discoveries about it, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, especially in the, you know, in regards to dinosaurs. It's a, hands down one of my favorite topics. Like, it made, a, made fun of quite a bit because of this, the affinity I had for dinosaurs when I was a kid. Um, I mean, like, I still love them now, but... It's because I mostly don't don't care <laughs> how much I get f- made fun of for it now. I mean, who who didn't have a weird hobby when they were a kid? Right. Yeah, I like dinosaurs. Who cares? They're yeah, cool. Exactly. Right. I think pretty much everybody does now. Yeah. I was watching these. Uh, that not really pertinent to the show research, but I just got I got distracted <laughs> by <laughs> this YouTube channel. There's 21 videos, and they're they're. It's the series. The series is called Your Dinosaurs Are Wrong. Your Dinosaurs Are Wrong? So this, this guy, he's got to be, uh, they don't say his credentials at all, but he's got to be some, some scholarly type. Why probably, is everybody, why is everybody who has like <laughs> forums like this, or I guess platforms like this, why are they all called Steven? <laughs> I, I don't right. understand. Right. Nothing, nothing against your friend Stephen, but he is not a news anchor. He's just a smart dude. Yeah, that's he is, true. I mean, wait, wait. Was he was he a poli sci major? I cannot remember. This. No history. Exactly. So I mean, okay. So he's history. He's somewhat related, relatable to things in the news, I guess. But mm-hmm. he's just a funny guy who's really smart. He has nothing. <laughs> he has no credentials. This guy's also named Stephen. And he's, I guess, bitching about toy manufacturers getting the anatomy of dinosaurs wrong. Yeah, cares, but he, in great, it. in great detail. Who cares? No, yeah, no, like, seriously. I've, well, I've, I just pulled up the channel. There's 21 episodes of this, and I don't think one. he's stopping anytime <laughs> soon. Some of these are 20 minutes long, Jesse. Ah, yeah, yeah. I I'm will post to, his channel just I'm because. Until you try it, they're good. I know. I'll watch it. I'll <laughs> totally watch it. It's just, So they just they just give him a toy, a dinosaur, you know, one of those little figurines. Yeah, and he starts, and he goes, "Well, uh, I 
I assume this is a, supposed to be a stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> how pretentious. And, like, that's how he starts. I like that's this guy already. <laughs> just because just he's overtly pretentious. People who try to hide it and then are really irritate me. Just be who you are. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a jerk, be, be a jerk. You and I have a friend. He's a jerk. He just owns it. He's a lazy jerk. Yes. <laughs> and he knows he's a lazy jerk, and he just owns that. Hmm. Ah, well, yeah. whatever. Anyway, okay, so we, we there are there are multiple reliable correlative methods to to aging these fossils. There are yes. We also find that a majority of them, including the tail and amber, have feathers. Not a lot of. Oh, them, I'll, some, I want to say one more, couple, maybe a couple more things on the dating. Oh uh, yes, on the carbon dating. So there was, you know, carbon dating can be. I mean, obviously, it's not really applicable to dinosaurs, so maybe I shouldn't say anything. No, 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 go, go for it. it. But uh, did uncover something interesting that that uh, the atmosphere, the Earth's atmosphere, is has been shown to to alter results a little bit because the the carbon Breaks emissions that we're that that we're putting out there is is messing with stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. And okay. then the other thing was... I forgot. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I just cannot concentrate. Man, dry, dry throat, you got a cold, <coughs> and your brain's farting. This is just... This is not good for you, man. Anyway, okay, let's move on. If I think of it, I'll speak up. Oh, I thought of it. Ha <laughs> um, <laughs> ha! So the, this thing with with wanting to, to claim young earth because that's what the Bible apparently says. Yes. I think that's super dangerous for people of faith even to claim that because you get into a scenario like like people did back in the 16, 1500s right. where you claim that the earth is the center of the universe or the solar system and then all everything is moving around the earth. Like the sun, the sun orbits the earth. And we're right. about to delve into um, some of these things in January, I think. Yes. Specifically, uh, what, what would it be called? Geocentrism. Yes. And why people thought about that. But I think I think it's dangerous when you hold a belief religiously and then it's disproven scientifically. And they, people then actually had scripture that they would hold on to saying that the earth claim you know to claim that the earth is the center of the yeah. that the the sun or, or orbits the earth oh, but, oh, yeah. <coughs> the known universe so i think it's it's pretty dangerous from a faith perspective to say to claim scientific facts from scripture and then try right. to hold on to it dogmatically yeah so once science proves that something we thought from scripture was was true is untrue let's just ditch it and try to right. figure there out shouldn't be more argument arguments about it that's for certain right no science deniers let's not let's not do that ah, i don't mind discussion I, I don't mind discussion or any of that no that's good i i think that's wise i do and i also think that it's you know instead of uh I don't know, instead of people who already disagree religiously arguing about those kinds of things like 
I mean, that's bound to happen no matter what. That's like the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of like non-belief in a particular religion is that like you know you, you don't necessarily agree with it or agree with the, the main points of it. But like stuff that's just absolute BS that there is no like foundation for and that does not completely tear apart the entire foundation of the religious structure to begin right. with. For instance, the age of the earth changes nothing about the religion of Christianity. Yeah, I don't think but it does, man, yeah. people just people just want to argue about it. Um, I like I think I think that the best the best parties to challenge that type of belief are the people inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know uh, it's it's the responsibility of the people who don't want to sound like crackpots to <laughs> to like make sure we don't sound like crackpots. I guess, <laughs> but that's that's always been my beef. Is things like this. It's like, uh, okay, fine. You've come up with some compelling evidence of why you think the Earth is young. That's great. There's also some compelling evidence of why it's old. And I feel like there's a lot more of that than there is of yours. But why are we arguing about it? We're not going to change each other's minds. Right. And that's that's what I love and respect about most of the people that I encounter in life is just that, you know, I'm sure I sound like a crazy person to them in regards to religion. But uh, we, we can still hang out. We can still be cool people. As far as I know, they don't hate me for that, and I don't hate them either. So, rock on. <laughs> anyway, end, end, end of end of that rant. I, I am in full agreement with you. Right. Okay. So, so I realized that a lot of the rest of my uh, a lot of the rest of my questions were more specific to certain dinosaurs and what I'd oh, seen in dinosaur it. training. Like, how do you know that? You know. Right. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, for instance, there has been some contention recently that uh, the, the aforementioned Tyrannosaurus rex was actually not a meat-eater. Have you heard that before? No. Oh, yeah. Tell it. Something about, like, the, the, the teeth shape and other things of, uh, like, I don't know, stuff they found in bones, like some material, biological material they found in between, like, the teeth and the bones, and it's like, well, this is all plant material. Maybe we were wrong. Like I've, no, by the way, I have no research to back that up. I'm just saying, like, it's interesting. There's been like some specific things about dinosaurs that we've always thought to be true, and that, like suddenly there's like some people standing up in that, you know, the scientific community, I guess, saying, "Wait, what about this stuff that we discovered here? Maybe they're not. Maybe things we know about these dinosaurs aren't true." Yeah. Did you find anything along those lines? <coughs> no. I mean, a lot of com- a lot of laws are being challenged, but I think that happens that. in a lot that's of fields. Yeah, I mean, like uh, to me, that's exciting. Here's a I'm I'm googling it now as we speak, and there's oh, a here's a, a Gizmodo better. article. Yeah, it's titled "Most Carnivorous Dinosaurs Were Actually Vegetarian," and yeah, it has see, a picture of a T Rex with got tofu. Yeah, hipster dinosaur. I knew it. I knew there was a hipster dinosaur reference in there. <laughs> Great. See, the dinosaurs were vegetarian before it was cool to be vegetarian, so... Uh. Yeah, that's right. A long time before. <laughs> uh, quoting now... Way, way ahead of trend. According to two paleontologists at Chicago's Field Museum, who I would put inside a cage along with a pack of living velociraptors, most of the... Oh, so the author is upset that... Uh, Apparently, his favorite dinosaur oh. is getting uh, vegematized. Well, then I wonder what he's upset about. 
In fact, they say hunting for hunting theropods like Velociraptor and the Tyrannosaurus Rex were the exception to this rule. Oh, theropods? <coughs> yeah, theropods is the class of of dinosaur to which Tyrannosaurus Rex and uh, Velociraptor and Troodon and some of those others belong. Okay. It, it's the most uh, of the. Uh, so they're the most likely to have had the feathers. Ah, yes, they, yes. And they actually became birds that we know today. So somehow they survived the, the extinction event and developed into what we know as birds today. Explains why <laughs> birds are so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, kind of does. Oh, and he has a uh, Calvin and Hobbes cartoon inserted into this article. You gotta love that. You can't go wrong with that. So what is he? What are they saying? Most of the dinosaurs we meet. Oh, most of the dinosaurs that we believed to be meat eaters were actually plant eaters, but Velociraptor and Tyrannosaurus were the exception. Oh. So they were the ones we thought were were uh, carnivores. Actually, were according to this. Well, then there you have it. Okay, so like, that's, which which ones were you specific about? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, well, it's Gizmodo. It's yeah, whatever. But like, which ones were you specifically focused on? Because like, I mean, the the T Rex and the Velociraptor. I mean, those are kind of my favorite. Of course. Um, well, Velociraptor almost certainly had a lot of feathers, and that was that was curious to me. How do we know? How do we know that uh, Velociraptors have feathers? The discovery was made by paleontologists at the American Museum of National History. Okay. Uh, the quill knobs. That was the quill knobs I referenced ah, earlier. Okay. On the bones. So that's where the, uh, the feathers would have attached to the bone with a ligament. So that is that. Is that. That is where we're getting the, the, the bird velociraptor theory. Okay. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And the, uh, the other one was... So in Dinosaur Train, they... Okay, I said it again. They're always saying that, that uh, Troodon was nocturnal. Because okay. one of the, the main characters is Troodon. Hey, Troodon. So he's always asleep while they're on this confounding no. train? he's just always awake. He's the conductor. Oh, that's right, that's right. He's just always, I don't know when, yeah, he's nocturnal, but he's also diurnal somehow. Clearly. So uh, the reason why they think that he was, that Trodons were nocturnal is that they have a big eye socket. Okay. That's basically it. That's not very reinforcing, but okay. there's, There's kind of a lot of conjecture. Sounds like it. But it's, uh, it's things like, it's things like tooth shape, and uh, um, actually, uh, the 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 carnivore and herbivore debate that we just that we just entered into with T Rex is is interesting an interesting case as well. Uh, they can study the. 
the poop of dinosaurs too. Okay, where are I they finding have... poop? Are they finding poop fossils? <laughs> what, what is the deal here? Yes. Nobody went yeah. around behind the uh, the T Rex and <laughs> tried to clean up its. Well, I guess it would be hard to prove which one came from who, but right. That's How do they point. know? How do they know? How do they know? Well, you gotta get but on the dinosaur to... train, and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how did the dinosaurs make the train? See, this is the problem with children's shows. Well, they also at the end in the last season they also made a, a solar train and a, a rocket train. So they're ahead of us in technology too. This is just embarrassing. <laughs> I had a friend point out. I don't know if like I mean anybody <laughs> on here listen like no, listening knows about kids shows, but I have a buddy that is like aghast that uh, Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse show, the beginning of the show, Mickey Mouse like makes his clubhouse appear out of the ground where all of his friends already are at the top of every episode. And at the end of every episode, he puts them back in the ground. He is appalled that Mickey Mouse would treat his friends so horribly. Mm-hmm. Keeps them all underground until he's ready to go and hang out in the clubhouse. Then they can come out and live in the daylight. Yeah, that's... Something that would never occur to a, a self-centered kid. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, okay. have you seen what happens? Do you see what happens to their dear, precious toys when they're not in the mood to play with them? Yes. Just all kinds of <laughs> stepped on and yeah. Yes, I just cleaned up an entire room full of them. So yes, yeah, I'm right. well, unfortunately well aware. Uh huh. Okay. So let's let's go back to these like hyper scientific, awesome Elon Muskian style uh, dinosaurs that are making trains that go to Mars on solar power. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This it, got a lot less interesting the more I. This is one of those that that there wasn't as much there as I thought. You know, like last mm. week we had we had a topic that that seemed to be. Hardly anything, and then it just kind of expanded. See, but that's what I like about that's what I like about impossible things, though, is that mm-hmm. some impossibilities are very clearly impossible, and then other ones it's kind of speculative. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this once I started to figure out how they know stuff, it was kind of oh, I'm, that makes sense. A big eye socket implies a big eye, which. A lot of nocturnal animals turning. have. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Right, I mean, go look at the, you know, look at owls. Right. Their eyes are freaking huge. They're like Japanese cartoon-style eyes. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah, no, I, like, I mean, I could go, I could go with that, but, uh, yeah. I guess, so, like, what's, so what, what is the actual impossibility? Let, let's, let's cover that again. What is it? I don't know if there was an actual impossibility on this one. It was more just my own curiosity at is it impossible to know things about dinosaurs? Well, what would you say now, uh, looking back on it retrospectively? I think there's a, there's a lot of reasonable assumptions to be made. I mean, we we know they existed, obviously. I, I think the the timelines are are much less in debate than some people would have us think. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. We can tell what a lot of them ate by what you know various yeah. ways by what either what was in their fossilized stomach if if any soft tissue survived or the uh the coprolite poops 
That um, makes perfect sense. And the shape, you know, tooth shape would would give us some clues about what they ate too. You know, flat teeth, plant eater, sharp teeth, not meat plant. eater, not, yeah, not plant. Hypercarnivore. So, Hypercarnivore, in some cases. So I guess to that point, the 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 impossibility is not uh, present. It's, I wouldn't uh, think it's so. Completely possible. Yeah. It's possible to know a lot of things about dinosaurs. So, good. I'm glad. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> Proven, disproven. Proof, proof, unproof. Certainly. So, what are we talking about next week? <laughs> well, I was just looking at this, and it would seem we're going to move from dinosaurs to dragons. Well, that, so- that sounds like the evolutionary pr- process right there. It sounds like a, a de-evolution from something that's possible to something that's impossible. Oh, come on, Jesse. <laughs> don't, like, don't rule it out yet. That's way too soon. Okay. You're right. I'll give it a give chance. Give it a chance. I'll give, Just give it a chance. I think we're okay. going to find a lot of interesting things, though. This could be a fun one. Oh, don't, no, don't jinx us. Let's not go too far. No, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're optimistic. Okay. Okay, and I think that's our last episode before Christmas, right? The dinosaurs one? Or I mean, the dragons one? Dragons one. Unless we end up with a... Well... Don't see. be optimistic. Yeah, Don't it will be it. our last one. If we do another one, it would be the day after Christmas. Yeah. This may be our last one for the year. Maybe not. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll All figure right. it out. It'll be good. It'll be... Is it possible to have another one before the end of the year? I don't even know. Don't even know. We'll find out. We will. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. Impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible. Impossible.